KDKR programming did not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, what are some driving habits that you might want to change before it is too late? Today we're going to take a look. Welcome to the special car corner edition of Prudent Money. Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thanks so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Actually, you're listening to the Special Car Corner Edition of Prudent Money, if I get that right. Tony Joe's here with me, as he is every Friday to take your car corner questions. The number to call is 1-877-913-5357. 1-877-913-5357. You can also go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. And uh, there is a Q&A at the top of the page. You can uh, click through there, send me an email. We'll get you squared away. That's off the website, uh, www.prudentmoney.com. Tony, Joe, how's it going today? I'm doing well, sir, and you? I'm doing good. Always doing good on a Friday. you mm. got to love that. You like your Fridays. I do like my Fridays. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, before we get into the bad driving habits, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the weather change. And uh, when you start to really see it getting cold, uh, you know, there are a couple things that you should be doing to your car given that. Just kind of give we – won't, we won't go into this all, all program, but just kind of give listeners a preview to a couple things that you should be thinking about at least. Okay. Uh, well, you, of course, want to have the – battery tested because that's the first thing that I can think of when it comes to changing weather whether you're going into cold weather or getting into warm weather batteries do not like to change temperature so if they're a couple of years old or older and we got a big weather change coming or even a mild one like we're sliding into the winter which will be here eventually then uh, now's a good time to think about having the battery tested Make sure it's good because you don't want to get up that first cold snap and find out that your battery's dead and now you got to call a tow truck or get to work somehow, make arrangements. It's just so inconvenient. So that's one thing I can think of. Next thing, <clears throat> even though it's pretty much standard to have the right amount of coolant in your vehicle now, it really wouldn't hurt to test it or have it tested. Make sure it's good for, you know, below zero weather because even though we don't get below zero that often, it's good to have the insurance that it's not going to freeze no matter how cold it gets. And the one thing you want to remember about that is, uh, like, if you had some previous or maybe you worked on your car yourself and you did some work on it, maybe a water pump or the radiator and you put water back in it instead of coolant, then you want to make sure that you get it protected for the upcoming winter because that's really the fault of the owner, not anybody else. And you certainly don't want to have that happen because if the engine cracks due to ice, then um, you'll be buying, purchasing another engine. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's not a good As thing. As opposed to 20 bucks worth of coolant. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. If you got a question for Tony Joe, we do have a line open. 
We take we do take calls on Friday, so if you would like to talk to Tony Joe, one eight seven seven nine one three five three five seven. Uh, let's talk to Jamie. I, I'm not sure if uh, Chris, yeah, there you go. Jamie, you're on the line with us. Yes. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, Jamie, we sure can. What's on your mind today? Uh, yes, I wanted to know about this Lexus Nexus. My husband uh, went to get uh, commercial insurance for his truck, and they reported that um, he had accidents. But they're my accidents from my from our joint insurance company, which is not the same as his insurance company for his commercial truck. And I called Lexus Nexus, and they said because. Both of us are on the same policy. It doesn't matter. They're reported off from one household, and so he has to pay the higher premium. That just sounds like weird to me. I don't know if you. Gosh, Jamie, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Bob, do you have any input on that? How that insurance works? No, I think uh, did, Jamie. What did they? What did your uh, insurance agent actually tell you? Was the just because you're both on the, the policy, or yeah, well, that why well, I called Lexus Nexus. I don't even know who Lexus Nexus is. I guess they're like an information place. I mean, I've heard of going through the credit bureaus and things like that, but I never really understood. Or I this is the first I ever heard of a Lexus Nexus. I got to so the first time them. that first time that I've heard of it as well. Well, go ahead. You you said you called. Oh, them. really? But you said you said you called them and what and they and what happened? And they said, I said I'm disputing these accidents on my husband because they're my accidents, and his insurance is they're char they're saying they got the information from you, and I and I have a letter from my insurance company showing, you know that. They're These yours. are my accidents. Right. Mm -hmm. I'll give it to you, and you can report it properly. They said, no, we can't do that because you're both on the same policy. It doesn't matter that they're your accidents. Well, you're have you the same policy. So. Jamie, have you considered calling, uh, I'm trying to think, what, what if you called another insurance company and just asked okay. them, the same questions, there's nothing wrong with telling them what's going on, and you could ask them, okay. hey, how does your insurance company work this? Does it go on me, or does it go on my husband and I? And then, you know, you might switch insurance companies. I mean, ask around a little bit. It's easy to do now. I think you can even inquire online in a lot of these things, and that, you might end up switching insurance companies if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Nobody says you have Thank to stay you. with Sounds them. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a good uh, good plan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. All right, Jamie. Good Thank luck you. to you. Uh, Lord bless you. Bless you. This is Bob Brooks, <laughs> and you are listening to the Special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. You know, this is when I know you're stumped when you're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure what Lexus and Nexus I, I've is. Never, I, I've never heard of it. And uh, that you, you would think out of the two of us, the, either I, one of us would yeah, have heard of it. I guess I it. just know it's escaped my education somehow. Uh, so let me think about this. From an insurance company, it would probably make sense to not necessarily 
be too concerned about who, who was in the wreck, unless maybe unless it was a teenager. Of course, that would really affect the policy. But I, I would I would think on a joint account, maybe our policy with a lot of drivers on it, it just it doesn't really matter. It's going to go up no matter what. Well, the complication here, I think, is that he has got a commercial vehicle insurance. So apparently he's in business of some type, and these are commercial vehicles, or at least one, that he's trying to, well, they just happen to pay higher rates on because of her uh, motor vehicle incidents. But in uh, the, uh, I'm trying to say it, the commercial, we don't know, she's gone now, but the chances of her driving these commercial vehicles for his business are very unlikely. So, you know. I think she ought to just call another insurance company and investigate a little bit, see what they're willing to do. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. Do have a line open if you'd like to call in and talk to Tony Joe. You're listening to Special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. We're talking about driving habits that you might want to change before it is too late. How about this one? Parking on an incline, not using the emergency brake. Right. That's a good one to bring up because here's something that can cost money. So the people out there that are listening, some of you know this already, the ones that don't, this is a good thing to try to remember. When you're going up a pretty good incline and you're going to stop, whether it's a driveway, whether it's some other venue that you're at, and you're on a serious incline, do not just put the car in park like normal. Get out. And then walk in and do whatever. Because when you come back out, the weight of the parking pall in the transmission has severe pressure on it. And when you go to take it out of park at that incline, it you almost have to just really damage the shift. A lot of shifters now are a shift lever with a cable attached to the transmission. And you can pull that cable apart. You can break it. You can... Damage the shift lever. Uh, it's not very well built anymore. They're trying to save money any way they can, and shifter cables are not the strongest things in the automobile. But if you try to remember this one simple little procedure, it will prevent that from ever happening, and that is this, Bob. You're, you're pulling up. You stop. Your foot is on the brake. You have not put it in park yet. You apply the emergency brake. That holds the car's weight from backing down the hill or doing anything funny, and then you put it in park. Now there's no pressure. There's no unnecessary pressure on that transmission holding the whole weight of the car. And when you come back out after you're done with your business, whatever you're doing, you simply put the brake on, take it out of park, into reverse. Car won't go anywhere, but you're ready to back down. You hit the emergency brake to take it off, down the hill you go. That's a simple procedure it can save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars from damaging the shifter. So how common is it to see a car parked, say, on a hill, mm-hmm. good enough incline, and that and uh, the something fails, I don't know what it would be, something fails and all of a sudden the car is going down that hill ready to crash into something. How often does that happen? Well, I place? don't know that that happens that often. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. Uh, What you're talking about, I suppose on rare occasions it has happened, but in my my, uh, information is more to save 
a person from having to really yank that shifter out of parking to reverse because I've actually gone out to customers before who can't get their car out of park and they don't know why. And that was the reason. one 913 This is Bob Brooks. Stick around. We'll be right back. The word for today is excited to announce the new official online home for the ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith and K. Smith. PastorChuck.org At PastorChuck.org, you'll have instant access to thousands of hours of verse-by-verse teaching by Pastor Chuck Smith from Genesis through Revelation and full access to special messages on subjects such as prophecy and much, much more. Also at PastorChuck.org, a full library of great teachings by K. Smith and a section where you can read some of Pastor Chuck's books online, all free of charge. So visit the new official online home of The Word for Today and the ministry of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith. PastorChuck.org Many of the struggles that come our way can often seem too big for us to handle. And when those moments come, God wants us to find shelter and strength in Him. Not quite sure what that means? Monday on The Verdict, Pastor John Monroe deals with how to trust God as our refuge in the dark times and storms of life. Monday on The Verdict. The Verdict, weekday mornings at 1030, here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Hi, I'm Jill Taylor, inviting you to join me each Saturday morning at 11 o'clock for Choose Life Radio. You'll hear people from across America sharing their stories of faith, forgiveness, redemption, and restoration. Juice Life Radio will encourage you to fully appreciate the gift of life. You may also find help for you or a friend in need. So please join me Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock right here on Bible School Radio 91.3. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. one 913 we have a line open. We'd love to hear from you today. So we're talking about bad driving habits that uh, you might want to change because you could cost yourself some money fixing problems that could have been avoided. Unnecessary expense. Yeah. So we talk about the uh, using the parking brake, good idea. And I, I will say, for the record, I had this debate with my wife mm-hmm. about parking on an incline. She said she wasn't necessary and i said well i'm sure it is or they wouldn't put it on the car and she she said well ask tony joe so i will be uh i'll I'll make sure that i that i do say something to her to make sure she knows we talked about that well i mean uh, bob i'm amongst my many other talents i guess i'm a marriage counselor now so (laughs) uh you know in reality it Really? If, I'm, if I'm coming to you for marriage counseling, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't want to side with you. If I'd have known that, I would have said, no, don't do it, because now Sherry's going to be mad at me. But here's the thing. Look, there are some procedural things that you can do often that are very, uh, very easy to overcome, but if you continue you're going to end up costing yourself money. And here's another one I could just think of about that. We talked about the emergency brake thing on the hill. What about pulling up? Many times I see it all the time, and it just irks me. It's a pet peeve of mine. I 
because I know better, but most people don't. But you pull into a parking spot, and you pull up, and you're, uh, like in the grocery store, especially the coming season that we're about to embark on, you're fighting for a spot, and you pull in there, you turn left, you pull in, you squeeze, you're barely there, and you get up to the curb, and the wheels are still turned, and you touch the curb, and you say, there, I'm in, good enough. So you put it in park, and you turn the key off, and you get out, or you push the button, and you get out. Now, the problem with that is, yeah, that's great, until you come out after shopping, and you try to start it back up and realize that the key, especially not so much the push buttons, but the key-type ignitions that are still around are the ones that do this. You've put weight and pressure against the front tire, which is at an angle, which would turn your steering wheel, which causes the key to not want to turn. You have to realize that you've got pressure on that steering wheel, and you have to take your left hand and move it, whether it's left or right, the direction uh, to take the pressure off. Then the key will turn over. But you're, you're putting pressure on the ignition lock because the steering wheel lock is pushing on the ignition switch lock, so that you can't turn the key. You have to feel which way the wheel starts to get some play in it, and you've got to find that sweet spot, that neutral spot in the stern wheel. Then your key will turn just like normal. So that's a good thing to advise people to try not to go up and hit the curb. I know it's a common thing for all of us to do. Are we up yet? Well, a little more, a little more. Boom. I hit, Okay, I feel the curb. Well, a lot of things wrong with that. It's unnecessary to do. As long as you're close enough, you're good enough. But actually touching the curb causes uh, things like that that I just described with the ignition not turning back on. And you don't know why. It just seems locked up. And now you don't know what to do. Uh, and the other thing is it can scrape the air foils off the bottom of cars because many cars are that low now. And the airfoil gets, gets kind of hung up on the concrete curb. And when you back up, you leave half of it there. Well, what is an airfoil for? What do we need it for? Well, it's actually a, an air direction mechanism when you're going down the highway to throw air up into the condenser of the air conditioner to cool the condenser. If you don't have that piece on there anymore... The air conditioner isn't going to work as good as it used to, and you're going to wonder why. Why is my air not as cold as it used to? And I'll tell you, those missing airfoils can be very, very misdiagnosed uh, 99% of the time. It's a sharp guy that catches that first because you end up spending money on the air conditioner. Well, it could be this, it could be that. Uh, well, no, it was the fact that there's no airfoil on there anymore. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the habit of warming up your car on a cold morning. Uh, some people do, some people don't. Do you do you do do you potentially do some damage to your engine if you don't? Yes. Let me just say this. Uh, I want to tell you, everybody, this is just coming from me, my own personal opinion, and let me explain it to you. The EPA will tell you that you do not need to warm your vehicle up anymore in the morning. The reason they tell you that is because a car pollutes a little more during a cold idle while it's warming up than it does when it's 
at a normal idle already warmed up, okay? So they don't really want you to pollute the air as much, so they tell you you don't need to warm your car up anymore. You can just start it up and go. Well, if you'll notice how fast your engine runs, whether you know what a tachometer is and have one, or whether you can just hear the engine, when you start a car in the colder weather, it runs at a faster rate. The idle is high. When you put it in reverse, you are actually putting a lot of stress and strain on the transmission and the ball joints, I mean the uh, CV axles and all these things that were, your car really wasn't designed to be put in gear at that high of a rate of speed on the engine. So you want to let it warm up, and when it does, you'll notice that the tachometer or the RPM of the engine comes down to a normal curb idle. Now, that's one reason. The other reason is when you start a car up in the morning, the oil is thicker. The car's engine is cold. There's a lot more friction. When you start it up, there's a lot of wear that goes on inside the engine during warm-up. If you start it up and just take off, you're actually putting even more wear on that engine and more stress and strain on it. It, it is not up to the EPA to buy you a new engine at 70,000 miles. You're out of warranty. Nobody cares. Uh, so the advice that you would get is more aligned with air pollution standards in trying to help the air. However, you are going to put more stress and strain and more friction and more wear on the engine and transmission and differential and driveline. So in my opinion only, Bob, you do continue to let your car warm up on a cold morning before you take off with it. And that's why I formulated my opinion. It's to prevent uh, excessive expenses prematurely that don't have to happen. Let's talk a little bit about, you You had mentioned batteries earlier, mm -hmm. and you and I had had a very interesting conversation this uh, this year, actually. I said, I was telling you, I probably need to get a new battery, mm -hmm. and you said, just, just wait until it gets cold, and so this battery, it took a little bit longer to, to uh, turn over and start the car, but it, wouldn't, it was never a concern, never mm -hmm. a worry or a fear, however, I did know that it was... You could hear the difference, it, right. It was ready to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you tell me about it, well, let's wait till it's cold. A couple months went by, had the first real cold snap, and I'll be if that, that battery would not turn over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was dead. I don't even know if you could have jumped that battery. It was so, it was so dead. Right. And uh, I was just curious as to, it wasn't like it was freezing, but it was definitely cold. It was a, it was a dramatic change in temperature. Mm -hmm, right. From the 80-degree evenings that we've been having this summer. You know, it hasn't got right. below 80, I don't. And then all of a sudden, it gets down to, you know, in the 50s at night. And that's a dramatic change for a battery. Batteries do not like to change temperature. If it's even, I want to say, after, anytime after a couple of years old, you should at least have it tested. But three years old... You really want to think about getting a new battery. Yeah, I think we would call this the habit of ignoring your battery. Because like I said, unless someone had told me, hey, you, the, the battery's on its last leg, mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I mean, it was, it was good enough and, to, to not really worry right. about it. Right. And, and here's the other thing. A lot of people don't go in and think just to have their battery checked. 
But a lot of facilities can do it, parts stores, uh, independent shops, dealerships. Nobody really thinks about, have, hey, think I need my battery checked. Well, the car starts okay. What could be wrong? Until that first cold snap. Right. You know? So cars are so efficient now that they will start even with a moderately uh, moderate battery state of charge, and they'll still start good. But once it drops below a certain threshold, bingo, it's not just—it's going to leave you stuck on a cold morning. And that's—I mean, nobody wants that, but I mean, that's essentially what'll happen. <laughs> you got to know that when you told me that, I go. Yeah, whatever, Tony Joe. <laughs> it's not, not going to work that way. And I, I was just just shocked. It, it, nobody the, ever listens to nobody me. Nobody ever listens nobody to you. Nobody believes me. So, what is it like in the shop with uh, with the weather starting to to get a little bit a little bit colder? I mean, is, it's. Uh, uh, I mean, does, Bob, does, does I, business pick up or? Oh, me, I don't know that business picks up so much, but I will tell you that the shop is still pleasant, even on cold mornings. You know why? Because when we get there, we're st- our bodies are still giving off heat from this past summer that we absorbed. This summer was brutal, 109, 110. So I think our bodies are still releasing heat and heating up the shop. That's what I think. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep that in mind there, Tony Joe. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.